so we've been a part of this community uh, for quite a while, and uh, it's been it's been quite a journey, um, a journey of transformation, uh, a journey of learning what it's like to be a part of a community, become, be part of a close community, learn what it's uh, like to be part of the body of Christ. And so today we are going to talk about I'm uh, going to be talking about love is uh, being a part of the body of Christ. And this is the third part in a three-part series. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Gregory Hyde talked about what is love? What is love in the first place? What, how does our culture define love? Uh, how does the Bible define love? Uh, last week, we had a great message from Kara Lee uh, talking about how uh, being connected to Christ unifies us. And rather than um, looking at our differences, we can look at what unifies us in Christ and how that brings us together. And so today, I want to continue that talk, uh, talking, about, talking about the body of Christ. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be looking at scripture. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, we're going to be reading verses 14 through 27. And you know, as I was praying about this this week, um, you know, I felt like God was saying that being being part of the body of Christ is it's one of those deep truths that has meanings at many different levels. And so we're going to talk about that today. You know, we're going to talk about how, as a movement, Antioch movement, we are a part of the global body of Christ. Um, as a local church, we're part of a community of churches here in the Wheaton and DuPage area uh, that's a part of the body of Christ. And then finally, you know, as individuals, as believers, we are members of the body of Christ. And there's a role for us to play, and there's a place for us to, to fit in. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we switch over into Scripture? Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 14 through 27. Let me pray real quickly, and then, then I'll read, uh, read this passage. Yeah, dear Jesus, thanks so much uh, for what you've done in my heart, in my life, and in the lives of people around me. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you uh, come today and interpret the scripture for us. Uh, speak to people's hearts, the message that they need to hear. God, may we encounter you, not only your love, but encounter your truth as well. Uh, may it inspire us and encourage us in our walk with you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians 12. This is uh, Paul talking to the church at Corinth. And uh, starting in verse 14, um, it says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to that part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. Uh, so I love this passage. I love, I love this concept. I love, I love the idea of being part of the body of Christ. And 
For those of you, for those of you that don't know, um, our Antioch Church here is part of a movement of churches, uh, the Antioch Movement of Churches. Um, we are essentially a church planning movement. Uh, we believe that the world gets changed through the local church. So uh, there are some organizations that will send out missionaries to share the gospel in foreign countries. Um, when we do that, we do that specifically with the intention of planting a local church and raising up local leaders uh, to lead that church. Uh, because we believe that the, the idea of the church was the idea of Jesus. And so we want to carry that forward as part of what we do. Um, we've got 26 church plants in the U.S. at last count, and even more overseas. Uh, so it's a worldwide movement. We, um, we build strong communities that love God, love people, and change the world. And, and very specifically, we, we focus on life-on-life -life discipleship. That's something distinctive about our movement. In fact, we have people from uh, all over Christendom, uh, different movements, IHOP, Bethel, uh, Saddleback, Willow, that will come to Antioch to learn more about discipleship. It's something distinctive about what we do. And um, if you're not involved in discipleship, um, I encourage you to talk to a life group leader, talk to somebody about it, because you know, it's an aspect of what we do here that uh, I, I know changed my life. It was incredibly impactful. Uh, and it's something that we, we do around the world. You know, another distinctive about the Antioch movement, um, you know, Jesus said uh, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, we say that we go to the ST of the uttermost. We go to the extreme of the extreme. Uh, and so we've got church plants in Siberia. We've got church plants in the Himalayan mountains. Uh, apparently nobody wants to go any, to any place cold, you know, so that's, that's where we go. Um, we're, involved, uh, we're involved with something called the Joshua Project. Uh, so if you've never heard about that, joshuaproject.net um, and finishthetask.com. These are, these are organizations that are committed to uh, seeking out those groups of people in the world that still don't know about Jesus. And you know, we're at a point in modern history where we know where people live. We know every single group that's on the face of the earth. We know the language that they speak. We may not have translators for that language, but we've got a name for that language. We've got access to every single unreached people group on earth. You know, there's a verse in Matthew um, that, that we kind of rally around. It's, it's Matthew 24, 14. And it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And that word nations translates to people group. And so we are targeting those unreached, unengaged people groups where there are no church plants uh, today of any type. And we are, we've raised our hand and said, we, we've actually called a few out by name, and we are targeting church plants for those in the upcoming years. Um, we are working that number down and keeping track of it. So if you wanna stay, uh, stay engaged with that, there are a couple of websites you can go to, Joshua Project, and finish the task. But just know that as part of our movement, that's something we're engaged with. You know, um, just a quick story around that. Um, you know, a few years ago, I heard one of our missionaries uh, share some of what was happening in the Middle East, and it was absolutely incredible. Um, him and his family had been uh, in the Middle East for a number of years. Uh, they felt called by God to go there and share the gospel. And, you know, they had been laboring for years and hadn't seen a single convert. Uh, not a single person had come to know Jesus, and it was very discouraging. And they kept praying and fasting and asking the Lord, you know, are we in the right place? Should, you know, are, we, are, are we where you want us to be? And, and kept getting confirmation, yeah, you're, you're right where you need to be. Just keep, keep doing what you're doing. And 
you know, one day they got a couple, they got two leads in the same day um, that had come in. One was a kind of a younger guy that had a lot of uh, questions and was very eager um, and wanted to meet with somebody. Uh, and then they had another lead come in. It was an older gentleman um, who just showed some casual interest in learning more about Jesus. And, you know, right away they prayed through it and, and felt like God was directing them to the, to the older gentleman, even though it might seem like the younger guy would have been the more likely candidate. Uh, well, it turns out that younger candidate, that younger guy, was a government plant uh, that was trying to seek out people uh, to kind of trap them into doing something illegal so that they could arrest them. So it's a good thing they listened to the Holy Spirit. Um, that older gentleman, uh, they met with him and they, they shared with him the story of Jesus. And uh, uh, after a couple of weeks, that, that guy gave his life to Jesus. And they were so excited, right? They finally had a convert. This was amazing. And, uh, and he was excited about what God was doing in his heart. And so he introduced them to his friends and his family. And very quickly, over a dozen people gave their lives to Jesus. And, uh, and the team was so excited. After years of laboring and not seeing fruit, they had a, they had a, they had a group of people, a life group. And, and that's what they did. They started that life group. And that life group continued to grow. And it continued to multiply. And within a year... Uh, that dozen people turned into dozens of people, new converts to Jesus. And those dozens turned into hundreds. And the hundreds turned into thousands. Um, it's, that, that was a spark that started a wildfire throughout the Middle East, through multiple countries. It went from country to country and could not be stopped. And mission organizations that had also been laboring in the Middle East for years couldn't believe that there had been that many true converts to Jesus. And so they sent in people, they actually flew in people to go to some of these life groups and interview these converts to see if they really were proclaiming Jesus as Lord, the, the only way to get to God. And they were, and they validated that and confirmed that. And so we've got, we've got a role now in, with missions organizations around the world as we talk about what, what's God, what God is doing through our Antioch movement in some of the hardest to reach places. You know, in, in one of those countries, uh, there had not been Christian baptisms in a couple hundred years. I think they traced it back to like 1400 was the last time there had been any recorded Christian baptisms and hundreds of people were baptized in the name of Christ in that, in that country. So, um, so stories like that just get me so excited. I, I love being part of a movement that is focused on changing the world. And, and that's who we are. So as an Antioch movement, that's kind of our niche. That's, that's who we are in the body of Christ. Um, that's part of, our, part of our identity. So as a, um, as a local church here, Antioch Wheaton, um, you know, we're, we're part of a community that has a number of churches, right? Uh, can't, I don't think you can go more than a couple of blocks without running into another church here in the city of Wheaton, right? Um, the interesting thing, though, is that there are still tens of thousands of people that aren't following after Jesus in this community. Tens of thousands. We've just got a small group here. So what's our role? Um, you know, traditionally, there have been very few charismatic churches uh, in the city of Wheaton. Uh, there just, just haven't been. You know, we, we believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in the healing power of God to perform supernatural miracles today. Let me tell you, being a part of something like that is incredible. Uh, it's so humbling uh, to see the power of God work through you as you're praying for somebody and see somebody miraculously get healed. I've seen it time and time again. It's, it's incredible uh, to be part of something like that. And, and maybe the most radical thing that, that we as a local church believe is that we believe you can hear the voice of God and allow him to lead you on an adventure uh, in this life. 
And for me, um, I grew up in a Christian home, a wonderful Christian home and, and, and in church, but somehow I missed the relationship part. I grabbed a hold of the rules and got the religion part, but, but missed the part about the relationship. And so part of my journey here at Antioch has been learning to hear the voice of God and, and being obedient. When God asked me to, to reach out to somebody at a grocery store or at a coffee shop or intentionally putting myself out on the street to reach people and share the good news. In fact, that's part of who we are as a local church here. In fact, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of street evangelism and, you know, we've gotten to a point, um, we've had multiple stories where we'll go up to somebody to pray for them and, and they'll say, you're from Antioch, aren't you? <laughs> because they've been approached multiple times uh, by people from this church that are just going out on the streets and looking for people to pray for, uh, look, looking for people that God, highlight, that God highlights. And um, I, I love that as part of, our, part of our identity here as a local church. You know, one of the other things that, that I find impactful is that we believe in community. Um, we believe in meeting together in each other's homes. Dean, Dean was talking about life group. This is something he's been, he's been involved in life groups uh, long before they were called life groups uh, for decades, has been leading the charge wherever he's been uh, because he realizes that lives get changed in community. Um, you know, Acts 2, 42 through 47 is a powerful picture of what the early church looked like. And so our life groups try and model that, um, give people a place where we can form friendships and care for one another, share meals together, have good times together, uh, laugh together, cry together. Uh, and so if you're not a part of a life group, we really want you to be part of that. And, and I find that for a lot of people that have had some kind of church exposure, um, they've missed out on that community. And so we're inviting uh, people in our community to join us in these life groups, in these smaller communities, to form the friendships that, that God intended. The, this is an awesome, awesome way to share the love of God with people um, and, and to be loved. And so it, it ties in very closely with, with what we're talking about day, today. You know, I had a, um, I had a friend um, just recently talk to me about, uh, they were just sharing they were having a bad day. You know, it was one of those bad days and you get off work and, and you're kind of bummed and, and she was in her car and She's like, Jesus, what do I do? You know, this is just a, a really bad day. And, and she felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to go to this gas station and I want you to talk to a woman behind the counter and, and pray for her. And she's like, oh, gosh, I, you know, I don't feel, I don't want to do that today. I just, you know, I'm a kind of a mess. It's a, it's a hard day. But okay, you know, I'm, I'm, if, you, if, you, if you ask me to do that, I'll do that. And so she does. She goes to the gas station and fills up her tank and goes in, but there's no woman behind the counter. It's a, it's a man. And so she's a little confused, you know, Holy Spirit, what, did, what are you trying to say? Did I, did I hear you correctly? What, what do you want me to do? Um, and as she's asking those questions, she goes back out to her car and she gets in her car and all of a sudden somebody knocks on the window. Oh, okay, who's this? Well, this is a, it's a, it's a homeless lady that was just hungry and needed some food. And, and so she hopped out of her car and walked across the street and, and into an eating establishment and bought her a sandwich. And as she goes up to uh, the counter, sure enough, there's a woman behind the counter. And she asks, you know, how, how are you doing? And she said, actually, I'm, I'm not doing very well. I'm, I'm not feeling well today. I'm sick. And so she asked, hey, well, can I pray for you? I felt like God was telling me that there'd be a woman behind the counter that needed prayer. Can I pray for you? And uh, she said, yeah, absolutely. And so she got to pray right there in the middle of, middle of a restaurant, got to pray for her and uh, you know, share, share with her the love of Jesus. And you know, as she finished up um, with, with the homeless lady and, and came back and got in her car, you know, God was just speaking to her and saying, this is what I created you for. 
right? There's an adventure to be lived. And, and while we all go through hard circumstances and hard times, God's got a plan for you. God's got an adventure for you to live. And if you can get engaged with Jesus and learn to hear his voice and follow that voice, uh, it's an amazing, amazing adventure you can go on. So that's, that's another aspect of what we as a local church bring to this community. It's distinctive about what we believe and what we, what we bring to the city of Wheaton and DuPage County. So lastly, um, you want to talk about the fact that being a part of the body of Christ means you as a believer have a role in this community, in this congregation. In fact, let's, let's, go, back to, let's go back to Scripture. Uh, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and let's pick up in, in verse 21 and reread that. So 1 Corinthians 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are important, right? You are needed. As a believer in this community, uh, you are needed. You bring something uh, special to the table. You bring something unique to the table. You know, nobody is created just like you. Nobody has the set of experiences that you have. Um, you know, you might think to yourself, wow, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a tough season. You know, I'm going through a lot of stuff. You know what? There may be somebody else in this community that's having a hard time as well. And, and they don't really need to hear from somebody that's got it all figured out, that's been there and done that. Maybe they need to connect with somebody who's in the middle of it, right? And struggling to hear the voice of God and struggling to understand why things are happening and working through that, hard, that, that hardship. Connecting into the body of Christ gives you an opportunity uh, to not only be loved, but to love others as well and discover a greater purpose that God might have for you. You know, each of us have talents and giftings. Um, you know, one of the things that was popular a few years ago and I think is still very helpful, it's a, uh, it's a test called the Strength Finders Test. And if you've never done this, um, I, I, love, I love what it does because it helps you focus on your strengths. The concept behind it is, you know, we, we've got strengths and we've got weaknesses, um, but where you can make the most... Um, where you can make the most progress is typically in exercising those strengths and finding what those strengths are. So if you don't know what your strengths are, I'd encourage you to, to explore that. Um, you know, there's personality tests, Enneagram, there's, there's spiritual gifts tests. Uh, there's one called the APES test that talks about uh, apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, and teaching gifts um, as well. So discovering who you are and what you bring to the table, I, I think, is incredibly important. You know, we've got a, uh, my wife and I lead a life group um, with Carolee and Sally uh, on Sunday afternoons. And that's, it's a life group that just started. We've been meeting a few times. We met uh, starting in December. Um, but last week, uh, you know, we got together after the break. And, you know, I'm looking around as um, we're breaking up into prayer groups. And people are praying for one another. And everybody's engaged, right? Everybody is participating. And even after just, you know, a few weeks of meeting together, We've got such a great group of people, and it gives you an outlet to, to serve other people in the giftings that you have uh, and bring what you have to the table. And I think when you do that, you start stepping into that adventure that God has for you. 
um, not only are you able to love others, but you're able to experience the love of God through that process as well. Um, you know, in um, a few years ago, um, my wife and I um, uh, led the training school. And um, it was a year-long uh, or nine-month process where we took 20 individuals through a discipleship training school. It was very intense and um, a lot of fun, too. Uh, we had a great time. And um, in the middle of that season, uh, we took a trip to Germany. And we took, uh, we took 30 people uh, overseas to Germany. And the purpose of that, that was right at the point where um, there were so many refugees fleeing uh, the Middle East and uh, Germany had opened up their doors uh, to those refugees. And as a, as a church movement, we saw this as an opportunity to reach people with the gospel that had never been reached, that maybe have never heard about the love of Jesus. And so, you know, despite language barriers, despite all the kinds of things that might slow you down, we, we went ahead and jumped in. And... Uh, you know, even days before um, we were uh, set to arrive, uh, a local pastor and, and one of the members of the team were trying to get into some of the refugee centers, and uh, they were closed. They were closing the doors to us. They wouldn't even let us in to talk to the refugees. And we're thinking, how is this going to work? How, you know, we're coming to serve these refugees. How is this going to work? But by the time the team landed, God opened up doors. Um, we had access to all of the refugee centers that, that we wanted to get into. We befriended the guards that had stopped us from coming in earlier. Uh, it was just amazing. We saw dozens of people give their lives to Jesus, and, and it was incredible. And, um, you know, I was reminded uh, in Life Group last week, uh, CT reminded me of, of some of the aspects of the, that trip that I think are applicable uh, to the message today. You know, we had, we had a diverse group. We had extroverts, we had introverts, we had people that were gifted in evangelism, uh, which was our primary purpose for going. Uh, but we had others that weren't gifted in evangelism. Uh, we had folks that were artistic. We had folks that were prophetic. And what ended up happening out of, out of that trip is, um, you know, there were some folks that were gifted prophetically, um, had the ability to hear the voice of God and, and uh, very clearly in distinct ways that also had some artistic gifts. And so they, they felt led to get some index cards and start taking these words, whether it be a Bible verse or just a single word or a phrase, and putting it onto an index card and decorating it. And um, felt like God wanted us to use those as ways to uh, introduce people to Jesus and talk to them about the love of God. And so um, here we had a group of people, artistic and prophetic, that were utilizing their giftings that we'd then take those cards and we'd break up into small groups, we'd go out and share the gospel on the streets. We'd go into the refugee centers and share the gospel. And as maybe one of the extroverts in the group would you know, jump out with a handshake and introduce themselves and, and start, uh, start talking, start the conversation, an introvert might hold back a little bit and pray about, okay, God, what are you saying about this person? What does this person need to hear? Do any of these cards that I'm carrying, are any of these for that person? And sure enough, you know, there'd be, there'd be a card. And so when the time was right, that, that you know, more reserved person that, that's holding back would step forward and say, you know, I, I've been praying and I just feel like God wants you to know this and hand them the card. And time after time after time, that person would break down. They would tell you amazing stories of how that was significant at some point in their life or that was something that God was saying. In one case, there was a woman who was contemplating suicide and we gave her a card that said life. It's incredible, right? This is incredible. But that doesn't happen 
uh, unless we come together as a body, unless we all bring what we have to the body. Um, you know, as a body of Christ, we are richer because of everyone's contribution. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you today, you know, as we think through these verses and, you know, as I just, I just want to go back one more time to 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is you. If you are a believer in Christ, you have a role to play. Um, you have a role to play in this body. Um, love is being a member of the body of Christ. So I just encourage you uh, to get plugged in. And as we, as we wrap up, um, you know, I want to say a couple of things. You know, if, if you're somebody who's never given your life to Jesus, if you've never committed your life to Jesus, as I'm talking about what it means to be a member of the body of Christ, as I talk about, um, as I talk about that, if there's something that's being stirred up inside you that says, you know, I, I've never felt like I belong, I've always felt like there's something missing, you know, I'd encourage you, today is the day of salvation. I'd encourage you to come forward and talk to one of the prayer team members um, and make today that you give your life to Jesus because God has an amazing adventure for you on the other side of that decision. You know, maybe you find yourself um, unengaged right now. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I, I don't know what I have. You know, I don't have anything special. You know, I'd encourage you to reach out to a friend, reach out to someone in your life group or someone who's discipling you, uh, or even more radically, ask Jesus how he's gifted you, right? Um, I had a friend that did this, and uh, we were talking through, you know, hey, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not sure how I'm gifted. I'm not sure what, what, what I bring to the table. And, and we said, you know, hey, why, why don't we pray? Why don't we just pray and see what happens? And, you know, God spoke to him and said, you're an intercessor. And he thought, intercessor, I, I don't really pray all that well. I don't do that a lot, but okay, if God's saying it, I'll start to do it. And sure enough, as he started uh, intentionally putting himself in positions where he could pray for people, he found that he came alive. He found it was something that he was wired for. And he got very excited about intercessory prayer. And to this day, um, carries that, carries that uh, in our church. Um, so I'd encourage you, yeah, ask Jesus. Ask Jesus how you're gifted. You know, and maybe you're a person that is, um, you've served in various capacities, you, um, and maybe you're holding back right now. Maybe you kind of wanted to see how the transition would all play out. Maybe you're, maybe you're pulled back for other reasons. I, I'd encourage you to get back in the game. I'd encourage you to just ask Jesus, is this time for me to jump back in? Is there something that I can bring to this body? Um, I, I believe there is. I believe there's a place for every one of us to contribute, and, and the community is richer because of it. So let me, uh, let me just close us in prayer, and, uh, and then we'll have the worship team come back up and, and close us out. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much uh, for your plan for this world, that you want to change the world through the local church. I thank you that we can be part of the body of Christ, um, that you've created each of us uniquely. And as we come together and bring our, 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 our giftings and our experiences God, that you've got something powerful that you can do uh, through us. Uh, I thank you that you put treasure in jars of clay. Um, that regardless of our circumstances and, and what we may be going through, that God, you have something for us, even in the midst of our hardship. Uh, God, you are an awesome God. Uh, thank you for how you've created us. Thank you for this body of believers. And thank you, what, thank you for what you're doing through us to change the lives of people around us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. 
you know, as we go as we go into this time of ministry, um, if I could have the prayer teams come forward. Uh, you know, if you find yourself in any of those categories, feel, feel free to come forward. Um, and, you know, as um, if there's anything else, if there's something else going on in your life, um, difficulty, struggles, you feel like you need prayer, feel free to come forward. We'll pray for you. Um, if you're in need of physical healing, if there's something that you need uh, healing for, feel free to come forward. Uh, we've got folks up at the front that want to pray with you. So if we could stand and uh, we'll have the worship team close us out.